Valerio Romano was on the Vicente Cedarberg team that wrote ballot question four in the election of 2016 in Massachusetts. That yes vote led to the legalization of cannabis in the Bay State. His law firm does this all over the country, paving the way for the green wave that is coming to Washington, D.C. Now he's on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, part three of four. And wait till you hear what they say about the opioid crisis. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. American Medical Association, you know, studied 25% or 24.8, 25% fewer opioid mortalities in medical, in medical marijuana jurisdictions, um, 1,800 fewer pain pills prescribed per doctor per year in, in, in marijuana jurisdictions. How did we get here? The doctors are writing these prescriptions. These are some of the smartest people with degrees, and they're out there writing these prescriptions knowing that they're putting their patients in danger. Yeah, I mean, a little you know, frustrating. That, I'm a little frustrated about that. And I don't I, know how. I don't know how off the deep end we want to go on philosophy, and you know, and you oh, know what it takes. We could go off the deep end, yeah, man, because exactly. we're in the weeds. We get to do whatever we yeah, want. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 really a shame. I'm sure not all doctors were doing it for financial interest, but you know, when you have what well, you know what, what cannabis needs are these attractive thirty year. 35 year old pharma reps that go around and you know that's what that's what the opiate industry has that's what you know that's what big pharma has right they have these people who go around to doctor's offices and bring free samples and bringing them out to lunch and calling them thought leaders and sending them to florida to speak at you know conventions and whatnot you know and 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 so there's always there's a quick pro quo for that even if it's not you know direct right right you know if if we want to bring cannabis like full circle you know and and get there like the big pharma has we would have you know so sort of attractive cannabis reps that would go to doctor's office and say, here's all the reasons why, you know, your patient should be on, you know, such and such, you know, cannabis product uh, for whatever ailment, you know, MS is a great example, right? (laughs) MS. I mean, there's evidence now that cannabis actually slows the progression of the disease. Yeah. You know, you know, Biogen drugs don't do that. Right. right? Uh, MS does it. I mean, uh, cannabis does it for MS patients. There's MS patients that aren't are off Biogen infusions because they're just medicating with cannabis. And all the veterans that have been uh, prescribed drugs at the VA, um, you know, Stephen Mandilli, who was the first guy who uh, bought at at Cultivate, um, was on 17 opioids, 17 drugs that he got off 
when he started using medical cannabis. Yeah, I mean, that veteran thing is big. You know, uh, cannabis, uh, C3RN. Yep. Um, Marion's, Marion's, Marion's been here. Yeah, Mar- <laughs> Marion's organization, um, they're, they're, doing, they're working with veterans and doing studies and figuring out exactly, you know, just, just trying to put the data together. Yep. Right, and, and, and doing a good job. All right, so we, we hit the old, that was a good- The gateway retu- drug. The gateway drug. Um, the kids, let's talk about the kids. What about the kids? You've already cited one adolescent st- uh, study. Um, how- so this is me. This is I actually preach this on my show on a somewhat regular basis as a parent. This is a great opportunity for parents to have open discussions with their teenagers who are going to try these products because that is part of the rite of passage of being a teenager. Being told not to do something is pretty much what is the um, the, the opposite will happen. This is this is just being part of a teenager. I remember being a teenager, and I remember what I went through. And um, it gives you an opportunity to talk about all adult use products. And I'm not just talking about alcohol, and I'm not just talking about cannabis. I'm talking about caffeine. I'm talking about nicotine. I'm talking about all the products out there that adults have to learn how to use responsibly. But more importantly, those adults have to get themselves educated before they have that conversation with their children. And that's kind of one of the things that I, I preach on a regular basis here because there is now so much information out there to find. Google knows everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Google does. <laughs> well, I, I, I had a buddy of mine send me a, a fun Venn diagram, you know, two circles, but they were barely, barely overlapping. And it was the difference between what, what's the real facts about cannabis and what you learn in school, right? And the right. only thing, you know, you'll learn in school is that it's called marijuana or something, right. you know. It's Which like, we don't even yeah, like to use the word yeah, anymore, know, especially cannabis. on this show. Yeah, it is exactly. cannabis. That's the plant. Right. Yeah. Let's say, I, um, but as far as, I, you know, what I, you hear a lot from, you know, because I meet with a lot of, Police chiefs, and you hear this. this We're going to get into the OUI next. Yeah, and I, I might not be able to answer as much of that as we can, but yep. I'll do that's my best. All right. No, no, but there, there isn't but, much to say about yeah. it. Like they haven't figured out how to test for it. But what are you going to do? What's worse for? If, I have I have kids. Okay, mm-hmm. what's worse for kids? Um, to tell them that um, something that is ele- to tell them that something that is illegal. Um, you know, tell them something is illegal, but it's ignored, right? Oh, cannabis is illegal, but everybody's doing it anyway. So you can just ignore all the laws because they don't mean anything, right? Because nobody's get so. So the, the whole point—that's whole part of taxing and regulating—so you can have these honest conversations with your kids, all right? right. And and get them. You know, it's, it's, I compare it sometimes. I think of it like Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I grew up and I spent a lot of time in Italy when I was growing up. My Italian friends who were adolescents didn't drink because you had a glass of wine at dinner with your family when you were exactly growing right. up. You and, know? And, and the and, alcoholic rate in Europe is way lower yes. than it is here in the United it's, States. It's, it's socially accepted, you right. know. But when I, but I would always, you know, I would get boozed because I could, you know, as a, you know, as an adolescent, you know, and so. Um, and 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 as you know, I know you do that. Alcohol can kill you, and a lot of these teenagers now drink to get drunk. Period. Yeah, of course. Not to get a little buzz, not to relax, not to take stress off from the day, but to get drunk. And no one's ever died from a cannabis overdose. Correct. Ever. Ever. Period. Right. And to me, that is the only argument, <laughs> especially when you're just talking to people that actually do social drinking. Like, oh, but you have no problem getting a couple of glasses of wine in you and getting behind the, you know, the wheel of a car. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I understand when people say, well, it's the lesser of two evils argument as opposed to like a winning argument, you know. And and I, I get I get that. Obviously, that's not me. I mean, it's I'm, not I'm evil. An it's an adult use product. Yeah, but if you're gonna, yes, I don't. I mean, I'm not yeah, trying to debate this you. with right, you. Right, 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 right. But but I, I understand a, a parent or somebody who would say, well, all you're doing is saying one evil is a little less evil than another evil. If and I can see why people would think that. You know, a lot of the people who are who are thinking about these, you know, judges and and legislators and whatnot, you know, they probably, the time their exposure to cannabis is minimal, right? Mm-hmm. right? They probably were in college and they drank too much and somebody was smoking a joint and they smoked it with them and they had already been boozed from Uh-oh. drinking too much and they're spinning and eight all times. that stuff, you know? Eight times. Eight yeah, times and they had never smoked before. <laughs> they smoked once or twice. And that's what they think cannabis does to everybody. Right. Right. And so that's why they're like so sort of, you know, gung ho. That's why they call it an evil or whatever, because they don't really get, you know, you know how how the regular cannabis consumer uses it. Right. And um, at night to help sleep, to get rid of the reasons to get rid of the. And I don't need to show my hands again because I show my hands a lot on my show. I have arthritic hands. Uh, Let's go to OUI. Let's talk about operating under the influence, because it is probably one of the biggest challenges uh, facing the cannabis advocacy um, group because this stuff stays in your system for 30 days. So exactly, and and I know a lot of people that will um, actually partake behind the wheel of a car because it helps them focus on driving. Or they, so they say, but yeah. Absolutely, and I can say it myself that, uh, you know what, at, I tend to hyper-focus. It's what happened to me when I was a teenager because I was ADHD. We didn't even know what it was. And, you know, it just helped me focus because I knew I had to focus. Um, how do you test for it? I, obviously, I don't believe when uh, in the Cheech and Chong show up in smoke where you open up the door and a whole puff of smoke comes out, you should not be behind the wheel of a car. Plus, the edibles and the strength of the new stuff, this new stuff, is very powerful. So how do you where do you, how are you going to draw the line between what is a uh, a high driver and what is a buzzed driver and what is a too high driver? Well, I mean, I think there's uh, it's going to be a difficult. First of all, challenge. I want to say that I'm I you know as much as a fierce uh, anti-prohibitionist that I am, mm-hmm. I don't think people should be driving around stone. You know, I mean, I just but, 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 I absolutely but, I got to just say that yeah, I, go ahead. I don't think people go should ahead. be driving around stone. Uh, you know, but stoned I, is different than high. Yeah, well, I, I'm using. Maybe, maybe it is, but I don't think people should be under the influence uh, of anything when they're driving. I know a lot of people are, I know, but I, but I don't think people should be. There's just too much at stake for yeah. for you and the person that you hit, whatever else. Yeah, but there's and, a, there's and, actually and, something that happens in a car more often than smoking or oh, drinking. Yeah. It's the phones, yeah. and that's by far the biggest distractor that of leads course. to accidents, which led to mine I'm about sorry. six weeks ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you weren't the yeah. driver. So you don't have to apologize. No, but, but I, you, you, know, you understand if driving a car is a responsibility. I totally yes. understand. I want to preface that. I want yep. to preface that because you know I don't want people to think that anything I say is like advocating people saying it's okay to drive around stone. I've heard that they are developing a, a couple a, 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 yeah. a saliva test. Yeah, a couple uh, tests for for quickly figuring out whether you've recently consumed cannabis. I hear they don't actually work very well. Right, and that's why <laughs> which is going to make lawyers great. It's, I don't know. I mean, I don't, we don't do any we don't do any criminal. Not you guys, but other. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of other out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, 
so what so what it comes down to is you know if you read a police report it will always have you know based on the officer's training and experience they you know observed you know the the well, defendant as or you again, know you roll down yeah. the window and big puffs of smoke come well, out that's different yeah you're but pretty... they say you have watery eyes whatever I mean so that, you know no one's ever passed a field sobriety test I mean it's not like that the whole point of them is just to get you so that they can they can question you it's like a you know I passed a field sobriety is test. that right and I was and under the influence go? of both wow that's products. that's great I'm happy to and well, after a meal, and I had you know a little and a little, yeah, and I could they do the heel. Go. That's great. I could heel I mean, toe. As long as you could drive, I, could I don't my... want you to drive around. And I'm pri- I still pride myself that the, the, my biggest problem is I when I'm sitting still at lights and stop signs yeah. and yielding, I get hit. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm a target. I'm a target. There's yeah. a big target on my head. What, what I'm getting, what I'm getting. <laughs> well, let's at get. Is, this is an important subject to talk about. I don't mean to make. Yeah, light no, no. Well, I'm, yeah, and I don't want people driving. Like I said, I don't want people driving I get around you. the influence of anything. Right. What um. What I'm getting at is that, you know, you still rely on officers training and experience right now and you don't have like a, a really solid field sobriety test, you know, like a breathalyzer they have for alcohol. We don't have that for cannabis yet, mm-hmm. you know, and it would I think you're going through the list, you know, of, of major major opposition points. Right. So, you know, gateway drug kids. Now you're on, you know, driving under the influence and mm-hmm. have a test for that. Um, and this is one of the things that I hear all the time. I would say that, like I said, before cannabis is everywhere anyway um we're trying to tax and regulate it and educate people on it the the legalization of cannabis or the ending of prohibition in massachusetts didn't change the laws about driving under the influence right you know so people can still be arrested and charged and convicted and serve custody time for driving under the influence whether it's cannabis or any other substance so nothing that we've done has changed any of that and i don't think it's contributed to it either and do you want someone behind the wheel of a car who is high on OxyContin? Or of course not, nothing. Exactly right. So how do you test for that too? I mean, there are blood tests that you can do, but you know how you can't exactly yeah. do yeah, it fast. Yeah, yeah, those There's don't no, happen right away. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, um, no prick test yet for that. Yeah, they don't do blood tests unless you're back at the police station. There's nothing on the side of the road that does a blood test to right. see where you're under the influence or not. And it's, like it, look, it's a difficult challenge for our law enforcement community. I totally understand that. Um, but it is what it is. And, and, I, and by the way, and I'm going to say it again, I don't I know what my limit is and I stay within my limit because I really do believe I'm a responsible adult and I use it medicinally to help me get through chronic pain, actually help you manage the pain that a lot of people have arthritis or, you know, multiple um um, injuries from whatever, you know, it could be workman's comp. I mean, there's a million things you could fall off a ladder at work or whatever, and you have chronic pain, you have to deal with it somehow in some way. And if anybody's ever had back pain or nerve pain, you know what a lot of these people have to put up with on a daily basis. And I believe anything that can help them get through the day. Now, can they be functioning adults? Can they get behind the wheel of a car? That's going to be still a, a, a judgment call. It just is. And I, and I still maintain it's going to be education so that you at least you feel you know that, okay, I've had too much. And by the way, I can definitely attest there was a time a few weeks ago at the uh, New England Cannabis Convention. I decided I was not going to drive home and I took an Uber. Great. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I suggest people do. Right, Absolutely. and and it's certainly a lot easier to work uh, to do the Uber and Lyft thing uh, now than uh, calling a cab and waiting for them to show up. So yeah, it's a lot easier than getting a, you know an OUI or getting an accident. Too. Exactly right, a hundred percent. Well, great stuff. Uh, this was great, Valerio. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of other things I'd like to talk to you about, but I just think you've done a great job talking about what you've gone through as someone who's written. Uh, you've been in the trenches with the, oh, I got one for you. The sure. host agreements. 
Yeah, those back end, backside, wink, wink deals that have happened besides the uh, state tax, local tax um, that is in, already built into the price of the adult use recreational um, cannabis. And do you believe, and I guess it's human human nature more than anything else, when you are a city councilman or you're a town administrator, it gives you a lot of power to dictate what is going on in your community. And you probably get to decide more than what your neighbors all, you know, you said there's a vote, but still you are a representative of your community. You still have the opportunity to say, you know what, I don't want it in my backyard. Yeah, so uh, I prob- and if I do, I'm going to want something on the side. I probably negotiated and executed the very first host agreement with Mayor Koch and Quincy mm-hmm. uh, for Airmont that's mm-hmm. been open for some years now. Uh, under and medical. got sold too. Yeah, well, I don't know if it got sold exactly. It's, it hasn't closed. Well, that's just not exactly the way the way these things work that, that they get sold per se. Well, let's not go down that road yet. Yeah, we can talk okay. about that after. All right, I like want. that. Oh, now that yeah. another thing yeah. to talk about. Um, but host community agreements. So I, I probably. Ex- you know, negotiated, executed the first one and have done scores of them since with other cities and towns around the Commonwealth. Back in the day under medical, they were exactly what you, pretty much what you're describing. I don't think Mayor Koch was being unreasonable. I mean, he's actually one of my favorite mayors and politicians in, in the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were sort of they were it was graft. Right. If uh, cannabis was zoned typically in some industrial park. Right. right. And so, yeah. you know, if I'm opening even a dispensary, it's not actually a dispensary is, is, a, is a commercial or retail activity. It should be zoned in a commercial or retail zone. But ty- mm-hmm. they were typically zoned in the back of the industrial parks because our, our our old attorney general scared the heck out of all the cities and towns. And unless you zone them, they're going to be open up across the street from your high school and, and everybody. And so they, and that they, horrible, they, horrible video that was produced. The anti question. The one with Kevin. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Not quite sure it was funny. I, uh, I got a kick out of it because it was so bad. But. It was so bad. Yeah, but it- In the Weeds with Jimmy Young's interview with Valerio Romano of Vicente Cedarburg. A reminder that this podcast can be found on the clnsmedia.com website, iTunes, Spotify, C-Suite, Radio Network, and the new procannabismedia.com. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. In the Weeds with Jimmy Young is a podcast produced by Pro Cannabis Media Productions. All views and opinions on this show are not to be considered medical advice in any way and are not a reflection of the opinions of management of Pro Cannabis Media or any of its affiliated marketing partners.